24 with Jessica and Mickey dude what up I saw a bunch of shit because we've had some time and so I saw stuff in the theater and at home and so I'll like run through all the stuff that I saw Mm -hmm. and I'm hoping that you've seen some of these but Mm -hmm. um so I saw Priscilla Mm -mm. dude uh Sofia Coppola Mm-hmm. Very, uh, I, I liked it. It's it's obviously like the retelling of um, their marriage between Priscilla Presley and Elvis Presley. It is really sad and depressing. I mean, also, like, sometimes people forget how young Priscilla Presley was when she meets Elvis. And it's like kind of one of those like double-edged swords where like he, he was already an international celebrity at that point And she was just like a little girl. Like, obviously, she's be- going to become like obsessed and enamored with this man because he's already like a star and like he's paying attention to her and then like to see their marriage was more about control and that she was actually just like made to be like a little wifey in a baby factory while he kind of did like whatever the fuck he wanted i don't know it was it was really good it's just like really fucking sad like i don't know if i came out of it with a better understanding i was just kind of like oh that's really depressing um, it was beautifully shot. I mean, well acted, but um, I feel kind of indifferent to it. I would probably mm. never watch it again. <laughs> um, I did see Oppenheimer finally. Oh, um, yeah. I, I rented it. I didn't see it in the theater, but I see why people would want to see it in the theater. And yeah. I have like a very love-hate relationship with Nolan. There's things I do really like about him. Like his effects are very practical. Mm. He doesn't rely... Um, over heavily on CGI even though like I feel like his whole thing his take on like magic and comic books and everything else is he like sucks the magic out of it and makes everything practical which is uh, kind of interesting I did like it but to say that he left a lot out to say the least and kind of like romanticized this this scientist who built like a world destroying bomb is is really strange to me like uh and to make him so naive like you don't i'm sorry but maybe the man was like well acted in his real life that he deceived people in that but like you can't be that brilliant and be that stupid yeah Um, i i I liked it i just i i kind of felt like there were certain things that they they mentioned real quickly or they kind of like they, they talk about and i'm like well that's way more interesting i want more of that like the stuff with like you know where he the teacher scene where it's like, yeah, I get that, the, like, Nolan's basically saying, you know, in the very beginning when he almost poisons his teacher, and it's like, and Nolan's trying to say, like, this is a big deal. This moment is going to, you know, be a, a metaphor for his entire life. And I'm like, yes, but I want more of that. Yeah. I don't want you to just, you know what I mean? And then, like, and then at the end when he's like, fuck, man, did I just blow up the world? It's like, I wanted the entire movie or at least that. a good half yeah. the movie to be that instead of like you know yeah like his internal struggle with it not yeah. just like him building a team of like comrades like <laughs> oceans eleven of bombs yeah, yeah. exactly like and I was kind of I was kind of disappointed in that aspect but then I remember Christopher Nolan doesn't do well in that anyway well I will say this though I will say that I I seeing it. I only saw it once, and I was, like, in the theater, and I, I I really liked it a lot, but I was like, you know what? I have a feeling if I see this again, and I'm, like, my 
it's kind of like how I felt with Prestige. I saw the Prestige in the theater and I fucking couldn't stand it because I felt so ripped off and so cheated and so annoyed that things were so <laughs> obvious, right? That, yeah. they, that the whole movie was like, because like, like I said, when I, when I, I saw the, the theater, prestige, yeah. what I'm saying is when I saw it in theater, I was like, oh my God, it's so fucking obvious that there's this and there, it's two Christian, sorry, people, there's two Christian bales, what the fuck, blah, blah, blah. And then a friend of mine, uh, uh, my friend RC, you know, he, he we, we screened it at his, uh, his house, you know, outdoors and we had a bunch of people, we were watching it. And I was like, oh, I'm probably just going to stop in for like five minutes and check it out. But I was like, I'll watch, I ended up watching the whole thing. And I was like, Motherfucker, Christopher Nolan planted that from the word go. There's this literally a scene where Michael Caine goes, yes, there's two people. And Hugh Jackman's like, no, there's not. He's like, yes, there is. You want it to be a bigger deal than it is. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like, he was saying that from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I, I the point I'm trying to make is that it, it, Christopher Nolan is one of those directors that does benefit from repeat viewings. Like, when you, when you stop looking for certain things or you shut your brain down, you're allowed the whole rest of the movie to kind of sink in. You find yourself experiencing the movie differently and I feel like I probably have the same approach with Oppenheimer when I wa- when I do eventually get around to yeah. watch it again then I go oh shit he does cover this and he does do this and there is subtlety you know but yeah I, 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 mean, I agree. He, I get why he left out some parts because then it would have been a much longer movie but he forgot about like the indigenous people that actually lived in that area that all died horribly as yeah. well from like sickness like I don't know. Maybe they could have like added that to things that might have weighed on his conscious. I would hope um, weighed on his yeah. conscious, but I don't know. I'll I'll probably give it another watch like sometime in the future. But that was kind of my first take on it. And then sure. um, I did watch Rebel Moon, which is kind of funny because it's terrible. It really is. But I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. I kind of I I like Sophia Patella. Like I she was like the knife um, legs in. Um, but Kings, Kingsman. yeah, Kingsman, and yeah. then you know she's in climax, and I like her, mm. and I want to like her. Um, but no, it was like a really terrible mashup of like a ton of other movies. Obviously, everyone's kind of said it, like Seven Samurai and Star Wars. I feel like a little bit of Saga that he might have stole from. I mean, he is a comic book fan, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know. I was like, it's super disappointing, but like I didn't hate it. It does look cool, mm-hmm. but uh, it's terrible and i am still gonna watch the second one even though i hated it did you watch it or did you not you oh god care? i have no fucking, <laughs> i i i could care less and i don't mind i don't care people are like oh my god it's ripping off star wars ripping off curacao star wars ripping well, off that's curacao, the thing is like the, you know tarantino does it the best out of everybody you know if you're gonna borrow from other movies and ma- mash up and make your own but like zack Snyder just didn't do it well sure but like star wars was even the Hidden Fortress, you know, it, yeah. it, Star Wars itself was already Kurosawa. It's I'm not complaining about that. I'm just complaining. That I just think that Zack Snyder, he's that like again, he it's it goes back to our argument about Watchmen. For for me, it's like he's like, yeah, I love Watchmen. I was like, no, no, I understand that you like the pictures, but do you actually understand the story? That's my problem with Zack Snyder is that on an aesthetic level, I think he's got like you know, it's clear that he really gets excited by these things, but I don't think when it comes to depth and it comes to like any sort of like. Uh, you know, emotional resonance. Like he yeah. actually gets it. You know what I mean? Like for me, Watchmen. If I watch that movie with the volume off, I'm like, yes, this is the comic book. How fucking cool is that? When I turn the volume on, I go, wow, it feels like everybody's missing the point. Whereas the HBO series of Watchmen, I went, oh my god, this isn't even based off of the com. I mean, you know, it's not. It's not. The story's not coming from the comics and everything like that. But yet, it feels like 
the original Watchmen. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. I, I don't understand how Zack Snyder and same thing with like I, I some what I've seen of some of his DC stuff where it's like oh you like you like looking at Frank Miller's you know um, Dark Knight Rises or Dark Knight Returns. I mean and you know like the Batman with the the weird kind of cool suit and he fights Superman. It's like but she didn't understand what Frank Miller it was basically making Batman out to be this fucking like you know, almost like a fucking radical, like almost a right-wing radical, you know what I mean? It's like, he gets the visual, but he doesn't understand the actual, it it, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I don't know, yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm for and sometimes I'm against, like, I, I don't know, he, I feel like annoys me more than not, but I still maintain my structure on, uh, my opinion on (laughs) Watchmen. Um, but I also saw, um, Maestro. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it. The uh, story of Leonard Bernstein or Bernstein, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like now I'm having a very Bernstein, Bernstein bears about his last name, but you know, whatever. Um, I I honestly thought it was beautiful and very well done. I mean, it's not a story of his life. It's not a biopic, but it's a more story of his like marriage and how his marriage, he, he kind of used her as like a beard wife in a way. Um, and that struggle is really it's uh, it must be so hard and i can't imagine like people just like trying and being in the public eye and wanting to be themselves so bad and just being like not allowed to but also i wish it went into like her life a little bit more but again it wasn't a biopic it was just simply their relationship and their marriage um and obviously his brilliancy i mean he's he's a composer and had done so much um i thought bradley cooper was really great in it um there's a few like really good shots too and especially in the beginning and i was like oh okay like i can see that he's like really kind of like nudging into this like director area um and it it must be incredibly hard when you're also acting in it as well but i honestly thought it was pretty great it's sad um it's frustrating because it's like one of these like harsh marriage movies where you feel very emotionally drained afterwards yeah uh but it's definitely worth a watch um uh, one of these, like, you know, Netflix releases these movies, but I also watched May, December mm-hmm. um, with Juliet Moore. Um, and Juliet Moore, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and... Also really good, obviously, it was kind of like a loose retelling of the Mary Kay Letourneau yeah. um, and her relationship with her young uh, husband, but it was more about, like, this weird push and pull of these two um you know kind of sociopathic or narcissist women and and uh them like playing off each other which i did really enjoy um but did it affect me like will i did i think about it afterwards like not really and maybe that's because i'm so detensitized to the story because i grew up you know if you're a child of the 90s you heard this over and over and over again um i did i did like it i do like todd hayes haynes yeah um a lot velvet goldmine is still one of like my favorite movies i love that movie yeah um i also saw poor things Mm -hmm. which is interesting because at the beginning of the movie i thought i wasn't gonna like it i was like is this really how this is gonna go like i get it already but no i the more it went along the more i liked it especially uh, it's an interesting kind of retelling and i do like emma stone talking about like her like oh what it means to be like a woman which very it very much does in certain parts um except in a very weird like 
like a literal um like uh a sense with very little emotion in it which is kind of funny um so i i honestly really did like it i probably would want to watch it again um i loved it i thought it was one of my favorite movies of this year actually um i i I always like him He, he i think I thought at first that's especially I saw it in Georgia that some people were going to find it like a little too much, but no, everyone in the theater was laughing, which I yeah. felt really good about. I mean, it also, I look, I, Emma Stone is fantastic in that movie and she really is. I, I really, I, and I, your thing is, let me put the, I, I will, this is a testament to how good she is in that movie. Every, I don't know what it is about her, but almost every movie I see her in, I start off not liking her because I just don't like her. I, yeah, there's something no, about right. I don't understand the the why people are like, oh my god, she's one of the best actresses of our time, and it's like I don't get what you're talking about. But then I watch her in the movie, and I go, ah, she's pretty fucking good in this. She's great. Emma Stone is fantastic. You know who else is fantastic in this movie? Mark Ruffalo. Mark he Ruffalo. Yeah. He, I, he, I was laughing. Like it got to the point where like it was kind of like Fred Willard in Mighty Wind where like after like the first two scenes you see Fred Willard in the moment he shows up on camera, you start laughing because you just expect something so ridiculous to come out of his mouth. And that's what happened with Mark Ruffalo where like, I would just start laughing when I'd see him. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, he's just so fucking ridiculous. I love him in this movie. Um, and I, I do love Willem Dafoe. Like, um, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie a lot. I, it was, it's in my top three of twenty. Yeah, I will say I, I didn't love a lot of things that came out this year. I'm excited for, you know, 2024, though. There's a few uh, trailers that I saw that I'm like, yes, God, like, please be good. Um, but Poor Things is definitely one of my favorites. I don't think it's my favorite of his. I still think the favorite is my favorite of his uh, movies. I, I just think everyone in it is so good. And I do think that everyone in Poor Things was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, like darkly funny um and it does kind of like touch upon a lot of issues that i feel like uh people don't like to talk about um especially in terms of sex and in america which is like just so i i honestly think too like i and this is gonna sound weird but i honestly felt a little like uh i was like why is mark ruffalo such a coward that he's not gonna do full frontal in this when emma stone's just you know like showing bush like i don't know but it is America, so I feel like a lot of the time Americans are so prude, um, yeah. especially when it comes to film. I, I will say this: uh, this is nothing to do with the sex part, but it was something that, like, of all people, Ari Aster said, and I was like, at first, I was like, "Fuck this," because I, I mean, my feelings about this guy, Ari Aster, are, are, um, you know, it's a love hate thing, kind of, but. Um, he did say he wasn't shitting on the movie, but he was making a comment about how like he's with the heightened reality and the heightened world of poor things. And he was like, I've been to Lisbon, Portugal, and it doesn't look like a cheesecake factory. And I went, God damn it. He's right. Like there that whole that whole sequence of Portugal in um in in poor things does remind me of a cheesecake factory. That is and kind I couldn't, of funny. I couldn't also, unsee like, it. There there was like a whole human pit of suffering. Absolutely, well. absolutely. No, 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 no. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, what I'm saying is that like there's that whole sequence though, like especially the ballroom when like there's that. It's probably one of my favorite dance sequences in in a film in years. But um, after I read that quote, I was like, yeah, it did kind of look like a cheesecake. Factor. That's so funny too that he said that because like I've watched. So it's funny because I had this discussion with our resident hater Matt, um, mm. who uh, we were talking about Ari Aster's shorts because Matt also teaches at Columbia and he said he was teaching a class and they had to watch like a bunch of his shorts and so there was one um 
uh, that he shot in downtown LA, which I really liked. And then I was talking about um, Need to, uh, the strange things about the Johnsons. And it's really funny because he's like, I showed that in my class and everyone hated it. And I was like, that's so funny because that one's my favorite. It's just so fucked up and like really funny psychosexual short. It's about a half an hour long. Um, but it also, that paired with Bo's Afraid makes me think that Ari Aster might be a virgin or a psychopath. Like, I don't really know. But, like, he definitely has issues. And maybe not as clear as mommy issues like Refin might have. But, like, he's there's something wrong with him. Uh, for sure. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I, no. back to poor things. I, I honestly yeah. did really like it. It's probably, like, it is definitely my favorite of this year. Um, not my favorite of his, but still definitely worth seeing. And then um, I also saw uh, Anatomy of a Fall, um, which was good. It's it's very much a court retelling of this woman um, that was accused of killing her husband. Um, and it's, it's kind of like anticlimactic in a way. Um, but I like that it kind of like seeps into you because they don't really tell ever what really happened or they just go through the court proceedings and her story and the story of the son. And you're just kind of like, okay, um, it is very well acted. I, I see why, um, it won the, uh, what was it? The cans, uh, Palm d'Or or some shit like that. Palm d'Or, yeah. Um, it. It was interesting. I will say I'll, I'll probably think about it for a while, but I feel I, I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. And then obviously I saw Saltburn, um, Emerald Fennel. Really, really fucking funny. Okay, the whole theater was empty, uh, and it was just me, my ex-boyfriend, and his mom that we were to go to see this. Tight, so tight. obviously when um, the most talked about scene came up, the bathtub scene, I, like, yeah, I let out this yelp because I was like, ah! like because i'm seeing it with this like almost you know like 65 year old woman i'm like oh my god um but i do really like it i i think uh uh, barry keoghan plays these like very villainy characters and i feel like it's made me like him a lot more and i don't say that that i never really liked him but there was something very creepy about him and it's probably because of killing of a sacred deer when he's eating the spaghetti and he has that whole like monologue and it just frightened me so much that I was like, I don't want to watch this guy in anything ever again. What about Banshees of Inisherin? I actually oh no, I do. I he's great. He's heartbreaking in, it. in that, yeah. Um, he he really is. It's, that's a such a sad, you know, little yeah. storyline that he had in there. Yeah. Um, but no, I I really liked Saltburn. I also think that Emerald Fennel might be a serial killer. I say that with like the utmost respect because you know she did. Um, uh, fuck, it's not. Um, pr- pretty young woman, something promising, promising young woman. Yeah, promising young woman. She used to write for Killing Eve, uh, obviously yeah. about like a female serial killer assassin, and then her like obsessive FBI agent girlfriend. Um, but no, I I honestly really liked Solid Burn. I don't think it's uh, great. Um, I, I I don't think it's gonna win like Best Picture or anything. But I think everyone was very well acted in it, and it is very darkly funny. I mean, I haven't seen it. I have not. Uh, I was, I was literally in, like, I was working from home. I was in the bedroom working and I could hear my mother and my wife watching it in the other room. Um, And I already know a lot about it. So I was just like, Jesus Christ. And my mom is like, sometimes like there's things that she's like, she's like, I'm not, you know, she's got a good stomach for, or she's got a good head for or whatever. And then there's sometimes she'll, she'll surprise me where I'm like, really? Like that got you. 
I didn't hear her say anything about Saltburn except for um, my wife did say um, there was a part, not that part, but a different part where somebody spits in their palm before doing something else. <laughs> and my mom yeah. was like, I don't understand what's going on. And my oh, wife was like, no. <laughs> my, my wife was like, well, <laughs> and explained it to explained it to her. And then she was like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> you know? so, That's why, and, like, the, the bathtub scene didn't, like, offend me or, like, I'm, I'm definitely not prudish. I think probably what got me the most or more confused was I was like, why is he doing that to the ground? I mean, I get, like, you're full of emotion and he's, like, obviously disturbed. Um, but I, it's just over-the-top ridiculous and I know she meant it to be that way and that's kind of what makes it really funny to me. Yeah. Um, but that's funny that it, that was the question your mom had. I mean, uh, like... Uh... Yeah, I mean, this is the same woman who, like, we had both seen Blue Velvet independently. She saw it when it came out. I saw it a few years later. And then when time in high school, she or I think it was high school, junior high, she grounded me. But then she felt bad, so we went to the video store, rent something, and we were, we were going to watch it together. And we both rented Blue Velvet because, you know, we've both seen it. And, uh, you know, right about the time where Frank Booth shows up and, like, you know, uh, my mom <laughs> looks at me and she's like have a good time and just went upstairs and I was like, yep. And I was like, so there's some things that my mom and I just can't, you know, it's kind of funny. Yeah. Like, um, I also saw wild at heart for the first time. Um, which is funny because Pico blew by David Lynch. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because, um, it's one of those movies that sometimes I just assume I've seen, like, I'm Uh like, Oh no, I've seen that. And then I look back and I'm like, I don't think I did because I don't have any recollection recollection of it. Um, Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I know. And, you know, David Lynch and Nicolas Cage. Um, and sure. so yeah. I it, it was great. I feel like it's it's uh, not very well rated, I feel like maybe for the time, but I, <laughs> I really liked it. It won the Palme d'Or, it can. Oh, did it? it I When I yeah, looked yeah. at like all the, you know, like uh, obviously <laughs> oh, fucking um, – uh, Rotten Tomatoes and stuff. It's oh, like fuck Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, fuck that stupid shit. Fuck that uh, shit. People's favorites. Um, but I did, I honestly really liked it. And I've always yeah. really liked Nicolas Cage. And I'm, I wouldn't say, like, I'm a super fan of his because he does a lot of silly things, I feel like. I love Nicolas um, Cage, but yeah. I And I didn't see Dream Scenario. It's on my list, I did. though. I, I did. Um, I'll talk about did. it. Okay, yeah. well, what? Yeah, what? Well, well I, I want to point out something real cool, though. Um, so in Wild at Heart, the character that Isabella Rossellini plays, right? Yeah. There is a movie by Alex de la Glacia, the guy who did that. Um, oh, he had a show yeah, on HBO Christmas, that you really like. Yes, the, that one. Thirty Coins and the yeah, yes. Movie. He yeah. made a movie called Perdita Durango. It has Rosie Perez playing that character um, that Isabel Rossellini plays, and it has um, Javier Bardem. This was like 1995-96, right? That movie is fucking out of control, and it is amazing. And I recommend it to everybody to watch that fucking movie. For a long time, it was really hard to find it. I had to find. I had a bootleg copy of it on VHS, but um, Severin Films did a really great Blu-ray release of Perdita Durango. I recommend everybody check out that movie. It is fucking insane. It is wonderful, and um, it Rosie Perez and Javier Bardem are fantastic. But it just it's a it's based on this. Yeah, so Wild at Heart's based on a book by Barry Gifford. Who, speaking of Matt, him and I had had a long conversation with Barry Gifford because Barry Gifford wrote a book about. You know, films that he loved, but Barry Gifford was a, was an author who wrote um, these stories about Sailor and Lula, um, and then he did you know he wrote a book about Perdita Durango, all these different characters that kind of exist in the same universe. Yeah. Um, he also wrote the screenplay to Lost Highway with David Lynch, so um, there's you know it's it's a whole yeah, thing. That's but cool. 
I really even love Wild, Wild at Heart. Heart. I had to download because it's not streaming anywhere. There's it's not. Yeah, you can get it. I on mean, Blu-ray. they'll probably come. I was gonna say they'll probably come in some sort of re-release, whether it's DVD or whatever. Who has the right? Shout Shout Factory, Shout Select has has a Blu-ray version of it that's out there. Um, I didn't get it because I feel like I strongly feel like Criterion eventually is going to get those rights, and they've been yeah, doing everything. Will. I think. Um, Something else that was that I downloaded recently that wasn't available for streaming Criterion just got. I think the Devils can wrestle. Um, uh, that would be fucking amazing if they did. It is. It's, it is. They were. They've been posting about it. Criterion. Well, yeah, I know they have it on the Criterion channel, but getting the DVD rights oh, is a whole. Yeah, you know, Warner Brothers. Is, yeah, 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 and I'm just saying that, like, you know, Warner Brothers has been notoriously very not uh forthcoming with those or giving of those dvd rights or the streaming rights or or not not streaming rights but you know the the physical media they've been really trying to keep that movie out of people's hands because they're i don't know but i love the devils (laughs) i think it's fucking amazing um but yeah yeah, it's interesting speaking of matt uh again um so letterboxd i've been playing with it and i'm only mentioning this because i realize that you can comment on other people's um uh, reviews and so uh, there's a bunch of mats that I was just going on and being like fuck you Matt fuck you Matt because <laughs> he's Damn. more particularly snobby than you and so one of his reviews on like tar was really funny to me but it was like this is cancel culture for boomers and I thought it was really fucking funny but also like fuck you dude uh but yeah so I'm on letterbox now and I'm actually trying to use it but I find it to be very buggy and I love it um I use it mostly as a as like a watch list you know I have like a I have my own watch list I go okay great like you know and some of the movies that I own that I haven't watched yet and some of them but I mean like I did there is a list on letterbox that needs to be updated but of all the movies we've done on video vampires yeah, I because I, I can't they didn't um update it yet so you can't add me to that list even though I should yeah. um but I made my own and I update that one. There you go. <laughs> Cause these um, are clone lists. Like you could clone so anyone mm-hmm. who goes on and finds one of either one of us, me or Mickey, you can go see the movies we've done and clone the list and make your own watch list. And I've done lists of like every marathon I've I've had here at the apartment, every mar- every movie I screened over it at the That's Fable. really cool. That um, that yeah. part of it I do really like. I've I made myself a movie watch list on there mm-hmm. too. Um, because movie does um, have that in the app, but if I ever get rid of the app, then I want to make sure that like I have the memories of that. But it is yeah. cool, but it's also very annoying because I feel like it's not quite there yet in terms of um, sure. technology usage. But anyway, um, so what did you what watch? If... Okay, um, it's weird because it's a little bit of um, old and new. Um, I did see Dream Scenario. Um, I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it as much as I wanted to like okay. it. And I do. I've I heard love Nicholas Cage. Things. Yeah, I love Nicholas Cage. I think he's um, I get excited watching him. It's funny because you were talking about Bradley Cooper and you were talking about like Maestro, and I I, I don't like Bradley Cooper. And I, I, look, I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I'm just saying I don't I, love my, he Bradley Cooper, but yeah, I get. He doesn't excite me at all. There's nothing. He, I mean, once in a while, like What on American Summer, or um, I actually I, love, I really I love yeah. them and <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I also you know I liked him in Nightmare Alley, and then I saw the original and I went, God damn, Tyrone Power just does everything. At, like the but you can't compare, like, yeah. I'm talking more of like just the the ease and the effort and like the, the again the excitement of watching people. I'd say like my, you know, um, like one of my favorite actors is Malcolm McDowell because when I watch him, no matter even if it's an awful movie, I'm excited. Like there's stuff that's going on in that performance where I'm like I am very much interested. Same with Nicolas Cage. I love Nicolas Cage movies, even when there's in bad ones because it's like 
he's not just going to just show up. He's going to he's going to really show up. You know what I mean? Like he's not going to phone it in. And um, dream scenario, I, was, I had high expectations for, and I feel like I'm a pretty smart guy. But at one point in the movie, I was like, "What the fuck is this? Are they trying? What? There's so many points they're trying to make in this movie that I'm starting to lose like sight of what the actual point is. You know, is okay, it a commentary yeah. on cancel culture? Is it a commentary on celebrity? Is it commentary on you know the way that we idolize celebrities? You know, is it a commentary on the way people become famous for doing nothing? And then at one point, I was like, I don't know. I think it's all of those, but I don't think it's. But I think. I don't know. It just it wasn't it wasn't as cohesive as I wanted it to be, and I think that like everybody got really excited by the premise because the premise is really fucking great. That they kind of lost sight of the destination, mm-hmm. and that's fine. You know, I mean, whatever. I just I wasn't like people were like, oh, you know, Dream Star is one of the best movies of the year. I'm like, afraid not. Um, <laughs> just it's not. Uh, I did see Thanksgiving. Okay, which... yeah, I kind of I'm you know, Eli Roth. I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, I look. Cabin Fever, I thought was fucking amazing, and then everything after that, I've just been whatever. Although I did love Grindhouse, um, and I did love his trailer for Thanksgiving. The funny thing about that was there are scenes in this fucking movie that are lifted from the trailer. Like he's doing recreating. Well, there should that's be right. I mean, sure, but 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 what I what's funny is like, I, and I'm not. I, I actually really enjoyed Thanksgiving. I thought it was a lot of fun. But the funnier thing about it to me was, um. Whereas the, the original trailer in Grindhouse was like kind of like an 80s, you know, sleaze and cheese, you know, slasher film. This Thanksgiving actually felt like a 90s thing. They lifted the, some scenes, but they felt they had a different context and where they felt like a different uh-huh. a different type of, of slasher film. This felt like I know what you did, like a really uh, a kind of an I know what you did last summer type horror film. I'm not complaining about it because I was actually really impressed with with how it all came to be. I also love the fact that it does take place in. New England in Massachusetts. <laughs> so at one point, like this one character is like, "This isn't a Papa Gino's," and I was the only person in the theater who like belted out laughing because I know what a Papa Gino's is. Yeah, and like you know what I mean. Uh, there was so there's a lot of great references that I I really it it uh, again no complaints. It's just it was a different movie than the one I wanted. I wanted a '80s. I wanted a Silent Night, Deadly Night that takes place on Thanksgiving. What you get is a No Jid last summer, and again. That's fine because it's done really well and it's a lot of fun and like the cast is great. Patrick Dempsey's awesome, fucking great. You know, a lot of fun. I re- I do recommend it. it. wasn't my favorite one of my favorite movies. Um, I did see um, I saw Poor Things. Obviously, really enjoyed that. As we discussed, it's one of my f- three favorite movies along with uh, of this year, along with Bottoms and um, Talk to I Me. I haven't seen Bottoms. I really want to though. Bottoms is great. Rent it. I heard Bottoms it is great. It's it's. You know, I like I, um I like those actresses in it for sure. My wife like was like, oh, I think it's you know it's a modern day Heather's, and I was like, oh, well, I don't want to see it now because nothing's gonna, you know, <laughs> when you compare it to the movie that I I, I, so I love so no no, yeah. no but no but it's like it's like you know what I mean it's like something that I I really I truly love so much and you're going well I think it's this and it's like well that can't be despite that. I still enjoy, I thought Bottoms was fucking great, and I can see what she's saying. You know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. like, yeah, it, it's it's they're two, they're apples and oranges as far as I'm concerned, but um, it it does have that vibe of like this could be that cult, you know, that cult classic, high school cult classic, you know, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I, I think Bottoms is fantastic. Um, I, there was movies I didn't get a chance to see. I really 
really, and I still will, but I really want to see uh, Iron Claw. Yeah, I heard mixing. So I know there. I've heard about these people before, and it's funny because I heard that yeah. you know, especially fans of wrestling watched it and they left out so much, especially sure. so much about how you know their father was an actual Nazi and like you know like a, a whole bunch of like other weird abusive shit that they had well, left out. I didn't know out, he was, was a like, Nazi. Oh. I knew he was playing a German, like a crazy German, but no, he was like actually like what? he was like a, okay. an awful piece of shit. Um, oh no 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 no! Here's things that but... Fritz von Erich. I mean, because yeah, I am a wrestling fan, and 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 yeah. you know Fritz von Erich. Like I was worried. One of the things that I didn't, I was worried about this movie was, oh, are they gonna be, like? Because when you watch interviews with the surviving brother, he's like, no no, my father was great. You know, blah blah blah, and it's like, man. You the when you talk about how your father kind of pushed you guys into wrestling and all this stuff, he doesn't sound so great, you know. And it's like, so I was worried that because he was like, you know, that he was a consultant on the movie, that they were gonna kind of portray it as whatever. But from the trailer, it looks like they are showing the father being very large. Like, nope, you gotta be a wrestler. You gotta do this. You gotta follow in the footsteps. The one thing I was a little surprised about, and I I read an interview with the director. I go, yep, I get it. There is a brother that. Um, it's so sad. He so desperately wanted to be a wrestler like his brothers, but he just wasn't physically there. Mm-hmm. You know, just wasn't. And he um, he ended up committing suicide. And it's really yeah. sad. And they leave him out of the story entirely. And the director was like, we couldn't even go there. Like, we go, we go through so much that we couldn't go there as well. And I was like, I get it. Because their whole fucking story is so fucking sad that you just yeah. like you got you gotta leave something out and i get it i mean like it's it is it, it it's it is sad but i think what he's just saying is like you I, I, give me give, let me let me i again i haven't seen this movie but i was going to get uh house of pies the other day with a friend of mine and as we were walking in there was these two girls in front of us walking in and one of them said the other one was like i just saw the iron claw and she's like what's that she's like the most depressing movie ever and i was like God, I want to see this movie so bad. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like I know how depressing this movie is going to be from the word go. Um, and but I do like the cast, and I, I'm really excited for it. So I, I want to see that. I didn't get a chance to see American Fiction, which I'm super bummed out about because I really love Jeffrey Wright. Again, haven't gotten a chance to see that yet. Um, so I also, I mean, because one of the things that we mentioned was that I got, I was sick for a week, so kind of killed I, a, a week of free time that I had. You know. So, um, that I could have gone, you know, if I hadn't been sick, I would have gone to the movies and gone to do stuff, but I didn't, I didn't have that luxury. So, um, I, as far as older stuff, I watched, um, my mother was in town. I watched a, a movie by Luch, um, uh, Visconti called, uh, Ludwig, which is about mm-hmm. the Mad King Ludwig. It was played by Helmut Berger. It's a four and a half hour long movie. Oh, and my mom, and I just popped it on and just watched it. I've owned it for, for a while now. Arrow Video put out a copy and it is a fucking great movie that you can, you could literally like, I got to go to the bathroom or I got to go place an order for food or I got to go do this. And you can go back and you really didn't miss anything because it's four and a half hours long. And there's also <laughs> a version on the, the Blu-ray that I have. That's even longer. It's like the TV version. And I was like, I can't do that, but we can do the four hour version or four and a half hour version. But uh, it's wonderful. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It does kind of end abruptly, but um, Visconti did a movie before that called the damned, which I recommend. It's really fascinating movie about um this german family who builds cannons for the nazis and it's basically about their internal um strife while as as the third reich is starting to rise this family starting to like really attack each other and they're like they're just involved with decadence and it's a wonderful movie it's called the damned check it out um helmet burgers and that as well but um 
you know, uh, we, you know, we watched Ludwig and then, uh, I showed, it's funny. I showed my mother, the wicker man. Cause I was like, Oh mom, there's a, there's she's a movie. Seen it. She's never seen it. And she, it's why would she? But I was like, I was like, mom, it's a musical. It's a comedy. It's, it's only a horror movie kind of in the last five minutes. And it was the last five minutes. She's like, ah, if, if she's like, if they're going to do what I think they're going to do to him, we, I don't need to see the last five minutes. And I was like, <laughs> are you kidding? We've watched this entire movie and you're just going to quit now. But I was like, okay, fine. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, it was weird. Uh, I rewatched Barbie. Cause again, my mom's in town. My wife was like, Oh, you've I, never I, seen Barbie. I kind of have a problem with Barbie, man. I loved it. I, mean, I, I it know, good. which it makes me hate everyone who says they love it a little bit. It makes me like them less as people are. Why? I, I just don't really like Greta Gerwig. And I don't feel like she's actually saying anything with Barbie. And, like, people are touting it as this, like, feminist, like, masterpiece. And it's just not. Uh, but anyway, I, we'll talk I about that. It, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, 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 I liked and then it. I like it. Was... I get people are like, oh, like the Holy Mountain in 2001. I'm like, yeah. But it didn't do anything for me. It just felt like a fucking... I don't know. What? You know, she has pieces of 2001 Space Odyssey, and then, like, obviously... Oh, I don't give a shit about that. I mean, I just thought it was funny. I I, I don't give a shit about it either. That's why I'm mentioning that people tout that as, like, a reason of why I should love it, and I don't. I thought that was... I just thought it was funny in the theater when I was... I mean, granted, we went to a late showing when we saw it, but I was like, how many people are going to, you know, how many kids are going to get this reference? Like, you know, who's asked their parents to take them to see Barbie... To be, for that matter, how many parents are going to get that? Because at this point, you know, um, I don't know. There's a little bunch of idiots who go to the movie theater. I'm just, you know, whatever. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, I watched that, and then you know, of course, around Christmas, like uh, I, you know, the tradition of um, Black Christmas, which uh, hey, get split, guys. Same. It's as good as it was a year ago, and as good as it was a year before it is, that. It's like the but, ultimate. It is it's, the ultimate Christmas horror movie. It really is. Like nothing beats it. Like I actually can, think it's one of one of the best horror films in general at this point. Like it's no, really I'll, kind of I'll out there. second that. Uh, you know? It it is terrifying. It's just so terrifying. And like, you know, when people mention it, yeah, there's other good ones, good, but they're not sure. great like Black Christmas is. I mean, I did it. So I did a double feature, and it was funny because the same night that I did the double feature of this, New Beverly did it, and at first, was like, ooh, what the fuck, man? But then I was like, actually. How how many? What are your combinations of Christmas horror movies that you can combine with Black Christmas? Yeah. You don't get many. So it was like so I did I did Black Christmas and Silent Night Deadly Night and I was like and so did the New Beverly and I was like oh those motherfuckers oh wait a minute what else are you gonna pair? I know you know and what I mean. Honestly, it's- New Beverly does a lot of double showing. Like ugh, they did Drive and Escape uh, not Escape from LA uh, to Live and Die in LA and I was like fuck that's such a good pairing and then they also did cruising and knife heart and i was like god damn those are so sure, good sure together. i'm just you saying know, that for but... christmas yeah i'm just saying for christmas it was like at first i felt like i was like oh man like whatever like i'm split you know because like who's gonna want to come over to watch that when they can go to the new beverly i might even go to the new beverly and just you know have the movies running at my place but like i'll see you guys later but i was like <laughs> it, it's just it's what it's what you do when you have when you when you're you put black christmas you want to do a double feature you gotta find another christmas horror movie you got Silent Night, Deadly Night, Christmas Eve. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there are a lot, but it's like, come on, you're not gonna do Black Christmas and Elves. Only, only we're that fucking stupid. <laughs> um, but uh, so the movie like, you we know, did do that we didn't get to record because we were both, you know, fucked up during the holidays, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And you know, I, I have a lot to talk about that one. It's funny you brought up to live and die in L.A. I'll get to that in a second. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much I. I 
I rewatch those. I watch a lot of Christmas stuff, you know, like I, people think that I'm only like, you know, like, you know, oh, you, you know, what do you, after Halloween, what do you do? And it's like, well, I still, I get ready for Christmas. I love, Halloween's my favorite, but I still do love Christmas. I still have my Christmas traditions that I like to do, you know, and one of them was like watching the, the Muppet family Christmas, you know, um, watching Christmas, Carol, watching Scrooge, you know, like those are all things I still like to do. Um, so it's not like, it, it, you know, I have, I, I put on a Christmas movie, I wrap Christmas presents, it's fucking fantastic. Um, Speaking of Christmas presents, it sucks because it hasn't come in yet. My, you know, this is what I got for this year, um, but it, you know, it got delayed. But uh, Coffin Joe, who we did, um, oh, yeah. did his first movie, they did an entire box set. That's of right. All, of all of his, and I'm really excited for it when it comes in. Um, I'm gonna disappear from mankind for a little bit and just sit there and watch all these crazy fucking horror movies. Two of which, three of which I already own. Um, yeah, but well, one, I was gonna say one I have forever. Well, I got. <laughs> Well, I, I got another copy of that, and then when I when I when I got this you know when this box set was ordered, I, I gave that copy to a friend of ours of the podcast, or my friend Diego. I was like, "Look, man, you got to watch these movies at some point. You can have them; they're yours." I'm getting the fancy schmancy Coffin Joe box set. I'm really excited for it. I did. I I, I did. I was telling you about this before we go into the ep- movie we watched. Uh, one of the cool things I did do was on New Year's Day, my wife and I went to the Academy Museum, which. Academy Museum is whatever. If you you know, it's it's down to it's in uh, Mid Wilshire. It's right by Lachma, and it's a bunch of you know uh, history of film. You know, but like a lot of props, a lot of stuff. You know, that you can check out. You can watch. There's there's different different sections that you can go to. You can there's a whole little tiny room where you can watch like. You can look at all these different things from John Singleton's Boys in the Hood, and you can watch like you know all this footage from it. It's great fantastic but the reason why we went was the fourth floor is dedicated to john waters it's called the pope of trash um and i went because john waters is in my mount rushmore of directors it's one of my heroes and um it was really i didn't learn anything new Mm -hmm. about him but i did get to see a lot of things that i never i've only gotten to read about um like i i posted this on instagram there was a flyer one of his flyers for multiple maniacs multiple maniacs was like a huge deal to me when i was a kid because i i (laughs) <laughs> I rented that while I was visiting, I was in junior high, I was visiting my aunt and uncle in New Jersey, because um, I was going down to New Jersey to visit some friends where I grew up, and um, my uncle and I went to a video store, and he was like, you know, let's go rent a movie, and I was like, okay, he's like, let's rent this movie of Racerhead, which is funny, because that ends up becoming my favorite movie in years later, but uh-huh. at the time, I was like, well, well, why don't we rent this movie, Multiple Maniacs by John Waters, I'd heard about it, and we watched it, and it like it kind of I don't know I guess maybe damaged our relationship because <laughs> I could hear him behind me just getting more disgusted with the movie like you know I you know you could you could hear somebody's just like vitriol and hatred I could hear it and um he finally was like enjoy your movie and then for years later he'd be like oh then Mickey and that John Waters guy well all because <laughs> of it's all because of multiple maniacs um and uh, so getting to see, like, there's a flyer for that movie when he first made it. and He was screening it in Baltimore, and he had whipped up, like, a DIY flyer. It just, it, it really, um, I don't know. It was, a, it was a really important moment, you know, for in my cinematic upbringing. So to see, to be able to kind of see those things. Plus the short films that he had made when he was a teenager, you know. Like, um, 
I've never, you know, I've never seen these. I, you, you only read about them in his autobiography. And like, of course, when they do exhibits for John Wires, they show footage from it, but I'd never gotten to see it myself. So, you know, getting to see that stuff was really cool. If you're in LA, it's open until August, I believe. Um, and the really cool thing is that, in the, in, so you go through the whole John Waters exhibit, which is fucking fantastic. I mean, like, again, it covers everything in his career, you know, from, from his short films to Pink Flamingos to, you know, his kind of mainstream success with Hairspray to, like, his last movie to all the different things that he's ever appeared in, you know, like cameos. Like, I didn't I didn't even know he was in an episode of Law & Order. I'm like, oh, it makes sense. Everybody's in it. I'm sure yeah. I'm in an episode of Law & Order and don't even know it, you know? But, like... <laughs> Um, you know, his Simpsons episode, it's a great, and then when you walk out, there's a little room you can go into that has, um, it was basically like a whole thing on queer cinema and movies that were influenced, he influenced him and people that he later on go on and influence Todd Haynes being one of them, you know, they showed, uh, clips from poison and stuff like that, but they also showed Kenneth Anger's early short films. It was really fucking cool. And like, yeah. And like I said, like it's the Academy Museum is worth going to. Because even without the John Waters stuff, it is kind of cool to walk around and see, like, all the, the different stuff. There's a whole thing on all Maldivar that I hadn't get a chance to go to yet. Because, you know, we you know, we were – the John Waters thing is, itself is so long that I was, like – one point I was, like, sitting on my was like, we got to go. Like, I need to eat food or I'm going to fucking, you know, pass out. And I, I got to tell you, the food there is super expensive, so we ended up leaving going somewhere else. But, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. That was, uh, that was how I started my 2024 is getting to go see this John Waters. Now, if there's a David Lynch one and Frank Henenlotter and John Carpenter one, then my life is set, you know? Someone should do that. Um, anyway, <laughs> especially the Frank Henenlotter one, the one that, like, five people go to and, like, are really excited about, and they're like, yeah, we're not making any money off this. <laughs> uh, my buddy works at the Hollywood Bowl, and once every every – Every so often they show movies there and they have a live score. And I remember saying, it's like, I'm the guy you hire to the Hollywood Bowl if you want to bring it down. Like, if you just want to, you want to destroy it. Because I'll be like, oh hey, you know what's, you know, I was like, we're going to do demons. We're going to do a, a, a screening of demons with live score. Ten people show up. You know, you know what, though? I'm surprised Beyond Fest hasn't done that. Because you, uh, you went, right, with me, uh, Freak? When they did oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, yeah. with the live uh, performance. That with, was uh, yeah. fucking sick. The decent um, butthole surfers, right? Um, yeah, and and demons did get. Funny enough, as I I said this when we were me and my buddy and I were at the New Order show, I was like, oh, this is where I I if I was running the bull, I'd be, it'd be out of business in a week. <laughs> and then like a year later, demons has did go on tour with a live score. You know, yeah. it was, uh, Claudia Simonotti played the score, did, and then um, he played other stuff. Yeah, yeah, because he released that record too for uh, um, the Beyond. Didn't he? No, that's Fabio Fritzi, and oh, he. Um, yeah, but right. he also he also was doing going on tour with Beyond. But uh, Claudia Simonotti from Goblin was doing Demons. Oh, that's why I was like, why? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Of all so, the Italian. I just um, I just thought it was funny that like you know that's what I would show it at the Hollywood Bowl. I wouldn't show Raiders of the Lost Ark with a live score. I'd be like, no, no, we're gonna do Demons. We're gonna do John Carpenter's <laughs> Halloween or something else with John Carpenter there performing the score. You know, and then it, Hollywood Bowl would go bankrupt. You know, because they would make no money. <laughs> In L.A. Uh, anyway, so uh, we did do a Christmas movie that unfortunately we couldn't release around Christmas because we were both – I was sick, you know, and dealing with other stuff, and Jess was recovering. So um, – Which is really funny because I remember I, – I had never seen this before. I've obviously heard about it because there's only really? so – Yeah, I had actually never seen it. And it's really funny because I had seen the Jack Frost movie after it 
with <laughs> Keaton, which is yeah. not a horror movie, even though it should be. Um, also, Henry Rollins is in it, which is very funny. Um, this movie is so bad. It's a, uh, but I, I did enjoy watching it. I'll just say okay. that. But we did right. Jack Frost, the 1997 mm-hmm. Jack Frost, not to be confused with the 1998 Jack Frost. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's funny because I, the, there is a, a few familiar people, obviously, from um other horror movies that are in this, and then also Shannon Elizabeth, which I didn't quite expect. It's her first movie, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pre, um, uh, pre American Pie. Yeah, pre American Pie. Well, the sheriff, the guy, the sheriff in it, he was in Dead and Buried, which we did. Yep. He's the first victim. He's also in To Live and Die in L.A. He plays the lawyer yes. who gets who gets uh, uh gets shot because like I just I I always remember that because when when Willem Dafoe's girlfriend's there to kind of set him up and everything, and he's like they're fooling around. And she's like, let's leave let's leave the door open, you know, listen to the rain. He's like. Yeah, it's groovy. And I'm like, oh, God, someone's got to fucking shoot this guy. And the woman, the foe comes in and fucking <laughs> shoots him. But that's the sheriff of this movie. Um, and then, uh, you know, Shannon Elizabeth, like you said. Uh, it's kind of hilarious, is- like, how low budget it is. Obviously, this is a movie about, like, a serial killer who, like, kind of dies but gets reanimated into a snowman, like a killer uh snowman that kind of has like powers of of like uh frost i like how you said uh, up until then you would you would be, you were pretty deadpan describing that <laughs> and it's pretty fucking stupid like this it's movie's a pretty fucking so, stupid movie it's so stupid it really is i i did enjoy watching because it's very silly and also, like, I, I, you know, when you were reading the trivia, it was, like, shot in Big Bear, and it's, like, one of the seasons that just happened to have, like, no snow, and it was yeah. actually very warm, which is hilarious. So a lot of the scenes with snow are fake, um, which I think is really funny. Also, it's – I a lot of – especially, like, movies of this time, there's always a lot of rape in it. So, of course, there's, like, a, a snowman rape scene where he puts mm. the carrot – you know, you know people. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it's totally, like, a bad rape scene, too. Like, not that all rape scenes are good, but it was just so ridiculous. I was like, this movie is just so stupid. Well, the funny thing about that, trivia-wise, is that it originally wasn't a rape scene. It was just supposed to be him slamming her into the wall. And then the editor was like, you know what it looks like you've got here? So then they added some post-dialogue to make it yeah. look like rape. But it wasn't originally supposed to be a rape scene. Although, when you do watch it, you're like, how could you not have, like... Yeah, where the fuck is where the fuck is his nose, bro? Yeah. It's just missing? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, get the fuck out of here. So, um, it's... The movie... Here's the thing. Is I saw... I'd seen this before. I think Joe Bob had done it, actually, one Christmas. Um, but I... I don't know how I feel about this movie. To me, <laughs> it's like... It's, there's, a, there's some jokes that go on. They just keep going, and they stop being funny. And they keep going, they keep going, they keep going, and then somehow, because they keep going, they eventually become funny Oh, yeah, like, again. the ending, and you're like, God, dude, just fucking die. I'm just talking about the, the joke that just, the, the, the joke that just never ends, and then it, it goes from being funny to not funny to being funny again. That's how I feel about some of this movie, where I'm like, oh, I, the novelty's worn off, I'm over it. And then it keeps pushing it, and I go, okay, maybe I'm starting to fucking warm up to it again. It's, it's how you feel about the whole fucking movie. Like, there's just so much things about this movie that's so fucking stupid. Like, I just can't get over it. Like, and I mean, and I love stupid. I am, like, I, I'm a big fan of stupid. I'm not, I'm not snobby when it comes to stupid. But there's something about this stupid where I'm like, 
god damn, like, this is just getting painful. Um, I do like that the sheriff is a complete fucking, like, he's the exact opposite of the heroic sheriff. He's, he's like a bumbling idiot. I do love that. Um, I think it's a nice, nice little take on it. Um, here's the reason why I, I don't completely write this movie off. It's because I know there's, um, it's ridiculous on purpose. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, well, some of it. I so feel. the director, because I'm like, what else has this guy done? And he's a screenwriter, and he wrote. Uh, actually, I, I really love this movie. He wrote the movie Identity. Um, yeah. James Mangold. I really like that movie a lot. Um, he also did Jack Jack Frost too. So yeah. I can't. I, you know, again, I'm like, I don't know. You know, but I I feel like there's it's not there's no dummy doing this movie. You know, and I feel like some of the the big fucking ridiculousness of this movie is we don't have the money to do this, this, and this. Yeah. So let's go here, it's and that's very fine. Low budget, obviously. I'm fine with that. You have a uh, snowman that doesn't that is yeah. that looks like a foam board, which it probably was made out of. Yeah, um, it's pretty fucking. It's pretty stupid, but um, I I do think it's funny. This is a, this is a funny bit of trivia that I found out that Rennie Harlan was supposed to direct it at one point. It was going to be a big, bigger budget movie. I guess it was a script that had been kicking around for a while. Uh, <laughs> Rennie Harlan was going to direct it, um, which is funny because I was thinking about because Rennie Harlan's doing that uh, that new Strangers movie, right? There's like a trilogy of Strangers. Oh movie. yeah, okay. Uh, okay, and people and Rennie Harlan's doing that, and it's funny because it's like there was a point, there was a time when if you put Rennie Harlan, if you were like, oh, Rennie Harlan's directing this horror movie, it, you were like, oh, this, that could be good because. Uh, his first movie, Prison, uh, or his first horror movie, Prison, mm-hmm. with Viggo Mortensen, is fucking fantastic. I can't stress that enough. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, I think it's fucking, it's like the last really great sequel until we get Wes Craven's Nightmare. Yeah. Um, But then he does The Exorcist at the beginning, and it's awful. Like, I mean, that movie is like <laughs> fucking pure. So I was like, what Rennie Harlan would we have gotten if he had made Jack, if, if his then wife, Gina Davis, hadn't said, this is the worst fucking script I've ever read in my life. <laughs> That's the story. But kind of thank God that she did because it is. It's just so bad. I mean, it's, sure. it wants to be Chucky really bad, but it's not anywhere. Yeah, you know? it suffers from that 90s. Like, you know, it's funny because by the time this movie comes out, that era of 90 or that of era of 80s slasher horror villains that quip, make puns when they kill somebody, blah, 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 blah. It's gone. Like, it's done. You know, I, I, when you said, Jack, this came out, what, 96, 97? Yeah. Right? Right, screams already come out. Ninety-seven, yeah, exactly. Yeah, already, and it's already deconstructed that entire era of horror films. So it's a movie that came out, and I'm granted it was probably it, it had been written years before it came out, but it, it by the time it came out, it was already dated. You know, it already you know um, outlived its usefulness. Like that era of a villain, yeah, had already Chucky, morphed Freddy, into something else. Already, yeah. Exactly, and and it was just. So this movie kind of suffers from that really badly, and it, and it's also got some of the worst. Again, you know how I you I can forgive eighties effects. There's yeah that you I, forgive nineties uh, effects. I can't. I I have a hard time with that. Like I just ugh. there's that line like, where he's like I I axed you for a smoke after he like axes like <laughs> it's so I'm like why bad. did you do this? It's bad. That being said, I like watched the whole thing, but kind of like in horror of what might come next. Too. the fucking the dive into the pool of um 
of like the okay. salt or whatever that you put. Uh, on the I thought it was a, uh, uh, antifreeze. Yeah. Right? Okay, that's what it is. Okay. It's antifreeze. <laughs> I, I actually, I remember because I was watching it. I was like, okay, wait a minute. So, so what happened prior to that this moment is the sheriff gets stabbed by the by Jack Frost. He gets stabbed. Sheriff lives. I'm just want to throw that out there. Sheriff lives, but he's been stabbed. He's got an open stab. Yeah. And he pushes himself and the snowman out the window into a truck full of antifreeze. Is it his kid in it too or something? I don't know. I don't even care about that. (laughs) Fuck the kid. The antifreeze on an open wound. Isn't that like bad? Like super poisonous? Yeah, super poisonous. So what the actual fuck is going on in this movie? Um, Dude, the hairdryer, it's just so stupid. The hairdryers, there's like a team of them and – Dude, the one of the one that they have the hair dryers and then like all of a sudden it stops working because you know it came out of the plug. <laughs> I was yeah. like, y'all really didn't try, did you? <laughs> no, no, they don't. They do not fucking try. And that's my problem with those movies. Sometimes I feel like sometimes I feel like they're they're doing stuff on purpose, which is fine. And sometimes I think they're just doing stuff out of laziness. Where I'm dumb, like, God damn it, like, come on, guys. Um, that's just how I feel. I mean, like, I, I know people are going to be like, no, fuck that. The movie's a comedy through and through. They're they're totally meaning to be as stupid as it is. And it's like, I, if that's the case, I don't like it even still, you know? Yeah, no, same. Um, uh, I, I do feel the same. I feel like it's not that funny or good. <laughs> there's moments that I think are really great. There are genuinely inspiring, inspired moments of like, oh, I think this is really funny or, or, oh, that's a little bit, that's, that's clever. But there's not a lot of it, and I do I do like the channel Elizabeth has like it's funny because she's she start, she does this, you know I'm talking about her horror career I'm not talking about um, her acting career don't yeah. even want to get into that but I'm saying Jack Frost I'd say is on the bottom, Thirteen Ghosts remake which I eventually saw for the first time um, a year ago because a friend of mine <laughs> I had, like it. a friend of mine had heard that you had forced me to watch House on Haunted Hill remake and I actually really enjoyed that so he's like maybe you'll like the 13 Ghost one and also you like Matthew Lillard I'm like I do like Matthew Lillard and I did not like the 13 <laughs> Ghost remake I was like what the actual fuck is going on um, and that's another example of like you are trying to do something and you are failing at it um, that's why I thought 13 Ghosts but Shane Elizabeth pretty decent and then I honestly think and I still hold to this Night of the Demons remake, pretty fucking solid. Okay, I talk about this all the fucking time. I've been, I was trying to get my friends to watch it because we watched Night of the Demons, and I was like, now we have to watch the remake with Edward Furlong and Shannon Elizabeth, and instead of the Baja song, they use typo negative, which is fucking sick. (laughs) Yeah, I here's things. I love the original. I truly, that's another Halloween tradition for me. I love that fucking movie. Not the remake's never going to replace it. But goddamn, that remake is not bad whatsoever and it's Shannon Elizabeth is actually like if you're going to update a 80s a ridiculous 80s like teen you know teenagers in a haunted house whatever horror film the way they do it in the remake is actually pretty fucking good I'm surprised it, you agree with me on this to be honest I, I know I remember when it came out <laughs> I remember when it came out on DVD my roommate at the time who's also a horror fan we uh we rented it and I was like you know what like this isn't bad. This is how you fucking update. I think there's a few things that like they try to like oh like outdo in the from the original like at the lipstick. I don't think they. I think by going to the lengths that they do in the remake, it kind of is like no. Nah, I think the original is actually better. It's weirder. It's 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 more uncomfortable. Whereas this one's just so ridiculous. 
whatever. I, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that's my take on it. But Shan Elizabeth in Man of the Demons remake, I remember watching it like, this might be the best thing I've ever seen her in. It's so like, good. She's, yeah. she's really good in it. And it's funny to watch her humble beginnings in Jack Frost to where her crowning achievement as Angela in Night of the Demons remake. Um, but I really, yeah. I know. I, 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 I kind of like, it's just not good. I, I, I think it's worth a watch only to see how ridiculous it is. You know what it is to me too, is I worked, I worked at a video store and I remember this video on the shelf very much. I because it was the lenticular one that like, you know, you, you turn it a certain way and it like, you know, the image change, it goes from a snowman, like a benign yes. snowman to when you turn it. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> and that's what this movie is to me is that type of like that gimmick in the nineties, I thought was fucking terrible. I hated it. I just thought it was so stupid. Like it's not like the Frankenhooker gimmick where you push a button and the box video box talks to you. That's fucking brilliant. I'm sorry. That's fucking great. But the weird, like that weird image that you saw it in comic books, you saw it in like, I just think it's a dumb gimmick. And that's how I feel about this movie where it's like, yeah, this, 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 this movie and its cover are one and the same to me where I'm just like, yeah, it's just, it's just dumb. Yeah. You know, I'm I, I I'm sorry. I, let me put it this way, and I'm gonna I'll go on record, and I can I will deal with whatever hate comes from this, if any. But you put your gun to my head, and you say you got to pick elves and Jack Frost. I'm picking elves. Oh, okay, heartbeat. yeah, no, for sure. I would watch elves again. Like like don't again, know why. If someone was <laughs> like had a gun and was like pick one to watch. I'd be like, okay, elves, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're gonna watch Black Christmas, and you're gonna watch either Elves or Jack Frost. Pick one or die. I'm gonna go with Elves. Yeah, I'm Jack go with Elves. it's not good. It's I feel really like not. It's one of those like the Room movies where people probably like pretend that they like it because it's so well, bad. But I hate the Room. But, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree. But I mean, like here's things. Again, there are parts in Jack Frost that I think are, are. I mean, like I I don't I think they are trying to be over the top ridiculous I, I think the room the difference between the room and jack frost is like the room is unintentional yeah it was unintentional whereas i think there's there is intention in jack frost and just the weird thing about it being intentionally bad is there's a fine line where it's really good and really and you know where you like where you can do intentionally bad and make it funny and i think that sometimes jack frost gets there like the premise i love my still my favorite thing about jack frost in general is you describing the plot up until a certain point where you finally crack and start laughing. But you were like, yeah, it's a serial killer. And then he gets like, you know, he gets an accident. He gets infused with, and it's like, yeah, yeah. That to me is fucking great. Like all that's great. And I, I can, I can accept and I can appreciate the intentionally ridiculousness of that. It's just sometimes I'm like, God damn it. Come on guys. Like it can't all be this. You yeah. have to, you know, and, and it, unfortunately it is. So, uh, whereas the room is just bad. And I've seen other movies that that guy's made um, since then. And they're just like, man, he just, he's made, he's, he's learned that you don't have to fucking learn how to make a film to make movies. And you know, I guess kudos to him because man, uh, what is it? Giant shark or yeah, I think it's called giant shark or whatever the fuck that shark movie he made oh, a few God, years ago. No. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Not it, watch it's, it. I'd rather watch Jack Frost than I'd rather watch another Tommy Wiseau film, you know? No, that's fair. I feel the same. Actually. I, I, that man is disgusting to me, but anyway, anyway, sorry. Uh, that was a tangent. I know. <laughs> uh, Jack, that was our Christmas episode. <laughs> Yeah, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Now, look, uh, if you are looking for a good New Year's movie, uh, we did one, Terror Train. That's a fucking great 
New Year's I think about Terra Train all the time, especially because I have a framed picture of David Copperfield in my office. I think about it. I do too. I think about I think about uh, Terra Train, and I also think about New Year's Evil. That's another great one um, that you can check out. Like another great. I mean, it's no Terra Train. Terra Train is just like Terra I mean, Train is that movie. What you even? Watch. Um, are there any other holidays coming up besides Groundhog Day? Which obviously oh, no one can ever. Yes. Groundhog Day. Yeah, probably one of the greatest. I. I'm not joking. I mean, I, I hold Terror Train and this other movie as, and they're both Canadian, as two of the greatest holiday horror films, if not in general. I think these are two of the best slasher films of all time. Uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, the yeah. The original My Bloody okay. Valentine is fucking delightful. You actually feel like you are in this small town in Nova Scotia with their accents, with the atmosphere, with the mine. Like, oh my God. My Bloody Valentine is a fuck the original. I've never seen the original. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Uh, well, then there's also a movie called Valentine starring, um, who was in that? Who was the one? Is that the one with Angel from the show? Oh, Angel? the remake. Yeah. Uh, That's not a remake. No, there's a remake of My Bloody Valentine, but then there's a movie called Valentine. Where oh, you it's know what? Like, I think I'm mashing them together because I do remember seeing it. Um, yeah. For sure. But it, and I think, yeah, he, no, he's not. Is he in it? No, I mean, no. Is, is so, he in no. both of them? No, no. The guy in the Mighty Bloody Valentine remake, I think, was in Supernatural, and he's in the. Oh yes, okay, you're right. That. It's the Supernatural guy. Okay, and then James Gordon is. Yes, is in, in Valentine's. Yeah. Valentine's, right? Yeah. Right, right. No, no, no. yeah, he's Richards in Valentine's. In he plays. Okay. The, yeah. The so, uh, My Bloody Valentine, fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, I, I, I can't the original. I can't recommend it enough. But also Terror Train. Um, also, Canadian horror film, wonderful. A movie that has no business being as good as it is. It is that fucking great. Um, for a Halloween, oh, it's Halloween on a train. It's like Die Hard on a bus. You know, that's how good Speed was. You know, Speed was that good that you stopped thinking of it as Die Hard on a bus. Terror Train is so good you stop thinking of it as Halloween on a train. Uh, <laughs> and then My Bloody Valentine is just whoa. So um, yeah, there's a few holidays that are coming up that are good. Yeah. No Groundhog's Hall. Day horror movies yet. I mean, I unless think. you consider Groundhog Day a horror movie, because you know well, they perpetually yeah. die. I, I I do like all those movies. We can yeah. talk about that on Groundhog Day, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we can we can talk about this next episode, which will happen uh, without as much of a delay as, as this one. And we're I'm very sorry that was on me, and um, I will uh, take credit for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thank you for being so. Sick. Fo- Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Letterboxd now that we're both on there. I'm under M-I-C-K-E-Y-G-A-L-I-E. I don't know. That's, I'm just I think mine is just Jessica is sleeping, which is my okay, there you moniker. Go. But it's all um, one word, right? Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Find us. Follow us. Talk shit to us. We enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I feel like I want people to start talking shit, you know, like I've gotten some nice messages from, from friends and some people listening to the podcast. I want to get some, like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, Jack Frost is one of the greatest cinematic <laughs> of the nineties. Really I want, I want that. that. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. I want that. So I could go off, um, and make it, you know, interactive. Um, anyway, have a good time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> one cold night. Science and evil collide. Oh, yeah. Now, a serial killer is on the loose. We hadn't even tested the acid on an amoeba, let alone a human cell. 
This is a disaster. Look, I just saw something that doesn't belong in this world, and it's out there killing my friends. Now tell me what it is. Jack Frost. I think Jack's about to make an entrance. And he's giving cold-blooded a whole new meaning. Hey, Jack! What? You left the 710 split. Hell has just frozen over. Blow me. Jack Frost. Look, Mom!